It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Monday, April 30th. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. The Warriors, without Stephen Curry, took care of business behind a 24-2 run in the second quarter to beat the Pelicans in Game 1 of the Western Conference Semifinals. It was a great game up and down the roster for the Dubs, and we're going to get into all that. We're going to talk about a few of the other matchups and Game 7s that went on over the weekend. We're going to talk about basketball. That's what we do here at Locked On Warriors. You can get this podcast on iTunes, iOS, Google Play, or Spotify. You can find my work on Forbes.com. And you can get in contact with me via Twitter at Kogitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or via email at AlicoCarter11 at gmail.com. Now, the first thing that stood out about this game, and obviously for everyone, was that Nick Young started in the place of JaVale McGee, played 21 minutes, and did a little bit of damage late after the Warriors got their big lead. But with this idea that Anthony Davis isn't really a post player, that he can play inside, outside, all over the court, the Warriors and Steve Kerr opted to go small early on, have Draymond and Kevin Durant do their best against Anthony Davis and have a lot more scoring on the floor. And obviously, Nick Young, Andre Iguodala, Clay Thompson, all 6'7", all can switch and do amazing things uh, as far as the defense is concerned. Nick Young, obviously not a defensive dynamo in the same way as Andre in the passing lanes or on ball or Clay Thompson on the ball, but still a switchable guy. And they made, early on, made it difficult for the Pelicans to score the ball. And, and Davis, you know, wasn't... Super good. He was a minus 27 on the night, 21 points, 10 rebounds. And you know, this is a good game for anybody, but it's not a good game for Anthony Davis on 9 of 20 from the field. He's used to making more than half of his shots, and he's used to just being able to control the narrative on the offensive end, is particularly last series against the Portland Trailblazers. He did have three steals and two blocks, made his presence known clearly, but the Warriors did a very good job of controlling everyone else's touches, uh, that is, defensively, making Drew Holiday into a volume shooter for a 14 from the field, allowing guys like Etwan Moore to eat up more of the shots, and Etwan Moore had a good game, 7 of 11, 15 points, but making sure that Nikola Miritich didn't get off, Drew Holiday, 1 of 4 from 3, Ian Clark, only 1 of 4 from 3, a volume shooter, 3 of 10. The only person who really ended up going off, and this was after the game was already decided, was Jordan Crawford, played 8 minutes and 15 seconds, made that insane three-quarters court shot at the end of the half, 
and you know had had himself a nice little game but you know the Warriors did such a good job defensively just up and down the roster that the Pelicans didn't have a chance and it starts with Draymond Green Golden State of Mind had a nice little write-up on Green and what he brought to the table by Patrick Murray Murray referred to Draymond as the central nervous system and the pumping ventricles of the small ball lineup. He was the eye of the storm swarming over the Pelicans, battling Anthony Davis on one end, ripping down rebounds, firing up his teammates, directing traffic, creating plays, and finishing them himself. Green finished with his fourth playoff triple-double, passing Tom Gola for the franchise record. With 16 points, a whopping 15 rebounds, 11 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks, the triple-double has become somewhat diminished of late. There are some in the league who have focused on blatantly stat-padding their way to what is once a great measure of a player's overall impact on a game, but here's a reminder that some triple-doubles are just more impactful than others. The Warriors are now 26-0 in games in which Draymond Green records a triple-double, including 4-0 in the postseason. The piece goes into specific plays about how Draymond gets his work done, and he just did a little bit of everything, tipping out the ball to start the fast break. 15 rebounds, one. Draymond has been rebounding the ball at a rate this playoffs that we have never seen him rebound the ball ever. I always felt like he could do that. I always felt like he could be the driving force on the boards uh he never really has been though he did over the last few seasons lead the warriors in both rebounding and assists uh he's never been a huge rebounding guy but now he is he's just like i'm draymond i'm gonna rebound the ball that is just special to be able to bring that element into your game after so many years in the league and just do what it takes to help your team if there's one knock on the Warriors that the national media loves to spout besides turnovers, it's rebounding. Oh, this team isn't a good rebounding team. This team isn't a good, uh, you know, they they need to do better work. They'll get smashed on the rebounds. No, the the Warriors started Draymond Green at center. Six foot, five and three quarters Draymond Green, and he grabbed more rebounds than Anthony Davis. Five more rebounds than Anthony Davis including four on the offensive end, and he was a plus 28 on the night, second on the Warriors behind Kevon Looney played 24 minutes and was a plus 34. Good for Kevon, and we'll get to him and the other role players in a second. I want to keep talking about Draymond Green. He gets the game ball. He got the triple-double. He had two blocks, three steals, only three turnovers, 11 assists. That assist-to-turnover ratio looking real good. And only 13 turnovers for the Warriors as a squad. Very, very good game. Uh, Nigh perfect game from the dubs. I mean, besides Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson missing just under that 50% mark on shooting, you could say this was a perfect game from the dubs. Absolutely flawless. Oh, and Draymond had that triple-double in 30 minutes and 21 seconds, by the way. That is nothing to sniff at. Kevin Durant, for his part, did everything that he's been doing for this entire season and the playoffs. 13 big rebounds for Kevin Durant. Wow. He's taken it, like, he's taken Draymond's example and taken it to heart. And I'm sure that the coaches were like, okay, we're starting this small lineup. Draymond, Kevin, you have to rebound the ball. They were looking at tape. I'm sure that 
KD felt like he wasn't picking up his end of the bargain in the last series rebounding ball. And so 13 rebounds for him, 15 for Draymond. Great, great start. Six rebounds for Klay Thompson. Rebounding as a team, Kevon Looney had six. And the Warriors had 57 rebounds to only 42 for the New Orleans Pelicans. That is dangerous. The Warriors are one of the only teams I know who can get out-rebounded by 15 and still win the game. Any other team, that's just a recipe for a loss. You're listening to the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for a look at KD, Clay Thompson, the role players, and we're going to talk about Stephen Curry's probable return tomorrow night. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Trend Micro. At CDW, we get that patch-together security can leave gaps in protection. I patch things together all the time, like this broken desk chair. Some duct tape, good as new. Orchestrated by CDW, Trend Micro Cloud One provides unified protection and better visibility across cloud services. It's all-in-one cloud security that can hold its own. Okay. Want to buy some gently used office furniture? No, thanks. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash trend micro. Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. We're talking Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Truly, truly stars playing like stars. 10 of 22 for Clay. 4 of 9 from 3 with 6 rebounds, as I mentioned. 2 assists, 2 blocks from the six foot seven Clay Thompson and a plus 22 on the night. Kevin Durant, 10 of 21, three of six from three, including two big ones in the third quarter. He just pulled up, did a, uh, did a move, pulled up, drained one, and then another in quick succession. When he flings the ball, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing. He doesn't necessarily have the most textbook jump shot, but with his long arms, most people with arms as long as Kevin Durant can't shoot like that. I mean, you look at you look at guys like, like Giannis having such a difficult time uh, learning how to shoot the ball with those ridiculously long arms. Kevin Durant played as a guard before he got super, super long, super, super tall, and he has all the moves at six foot thirteen to be able to get to his spot, pull up, and drain it from twenty-eight feet. Y'all, you can drain it from twenty-eight feet, just like Steph, just like as easy as pie. And uh, you know he did it a couple of times, three of six from three. Really, really awesome. Thirteen rebounds, two assists, two blocks. And four turnovers for KD. Too many turnovers, but only 13 for the team. Not so bad. And KD played fantastic defense as well. I think both KD and Draymond really took it upon themselves to be big, to play big, rebound the ball, block shots, make sure that AD didn't get into his kind of groove, and keep the other bigs from doing damage as well. And Nikola Mirotic, not a great game. And I think KD had a big part in that. And then you've got the defense of Klay Thompson on Rajon Rondo initially with 
Andre Iguodala taking on Drew Holiday, and they both hounded Rondo and Holiday into poor uh, shooting nights. Rondo still 11 assists and 8 rebounds, but actually that 11 assist number is below his assist number in the previous series where he averaged 13 assists a game. Still weren't able to force him into too many turnovers. 11 assists, 2 turnovers for Rondo. Playoff Rondo, real. Very real. But he was a minus 15 on the night. Drew Holiday, minus 23. Ian Clark, minus 23. And the only guys who were pluses were the guys who played on the end of the bench at the end of the game. That's Warriors defense right there. That's Warriors basketball. They held the Pelicans to a 97.3 offensive rating. Elite. That's elite. And they had an offensive rating of their own of 118.5. That's a net rating of more than 20, which means they outscored their opponent by more than 20 points per 100 possession. And that's where you get the final score of 101 to 123. It felt like a faster game, but only 11 fast break points for the Warriors and 11 for the Pelicans. Points in the paint. GSW did their job. 48 points in the paint to 50 for the Pelicans. We'll call that a wash. Second chance points, 10 for GSW, 9 for NOLA. We'll call that a wash as well. As far as hustle stats are concerned, Draymond shown along with Kavon Looney. Draymond with five deflections, 13 contested two-point shots. Kevon Looney with three loose balls recovered, 13 contested two-point shots, and a contested three. Very good at boxing out for both these players. And how good is Kevon Looney, honestly? This kid is going to be a part of the Warriors' long-term plans. We absolutely know this. Opponents shot 18.2% with Kevon Looney as the closest defender, and their effective field goal percentage was 34% when Kevon was the primary defender. Quinn Cook had some good minutes, 4 of 9 from the field, though he didn't make a 3-pointer. He had 3 assists, 3 rebounds, just 1 turnover, and he's really earned his time too. 22 minutes for Cook, and David West doing damage in 13 minutes, 4 of 7 from the field, just knocking down those 15-footers like it was nothing, playing incredible defense, and being David West. Same with Sean Livingston, who had a dunk in this game that, you know, I mean, Sean Livingston is six foot seven. He still has his athleticism, you know, even with the gruesome knee injury he had all those years ago. And he skied for just a ridiculous dunk in the fast break that I thought really ignited the entire arena the whole bench i will say the arena was absolutely on fire it was loud fans were standing it was it was exactly the way it needed to be in the arena for the warriors to feed off the crowd and and really kind of get their energy up like they were energetic they came out firing don't get me wrong but the arena was absolutely special as well no zaza patrulia yet again it could be that we don't see Zaza in this entire playoffs. You know, he's the most traditional center on the roster, and this just isn't a playoffs for traditional centers. Now, the question is, who's going to start with Stephen Curry when he most likely suits up on Tuesday night? And we're going to talk about that and Stephen Curry's return, all about that in the next segment. Stay tuned. Now it's time to talk to you about sponsoring the Locked On Warriors podcast. If you or your company is looking for a connected audience in the 18 to 49 demographic, 
Look no further than Locked On Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Warriors has all of the resources for you to get your products to the people. Podcasts are so hot right now, they're where smart advertisers are going to get their products out, and we have all the details for you to be able to do it through Locked On Warriors. Just send me an email, alicocarter11 at gmail.com, and I'll let you know. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. And we're back. We're talking Stephen Curry, probable tomorrow night against the New Orleans Pelicans at home. Curry hasn't played in what feels like an eternity, but more like a month and change. And it has been up and down. I mean, the Warriors played sometimes well without him near the end of the regular season. Sometimes they didn't play well, not because he wasn't there, I think, but more because the slog of the regular season was really getting to the Warriors. They were just locked into that second seed and waiting for the playoffs where they turned on the switch. And I think that Curry has a switch too. I think he's going to come out. He's going to be firing. He's going to be playing the passing lanes and he's going to do the best he can to not disrupt the flow that this team has been able to get into in the playoffs. Very, very good basketball since the beginning of the playoffs for basically everybody on the roster. But with Steph, The Warriors are going to be able to spread the floor, spread the Pelicans' defense even more thinly. I imagine they'll be getting out in the fast break. Only 11 fast break points for the Warriors, even though it felt like a faster game than that because the pace was so fast. With Curry on the floor, the pace might be even faster. Obviously, the Warriors do play fast when Curry is on the floor, but the Pelicans had the fourth best, fastest pace in the league, and they are pacing the league in pace pacing the league in pace since the playoffs started. So you can expect another fast game tomorrow. We're going to get into that a little bit more tomorrow, but today I just want to talk about Steph. He's probable for Tuesday. He won't have a minutes restriction, which is awesome. He's been playing full five on five. No pain in that knee and the maneuverability is back. Steph's back, people. Steph is back. And to the extent that other teams do get scared, which is very little, they should be scared of the Warriors and the way that they've been playing this postseason without Stephen Curry, then to have Stephen Curry come back. You know, the Rockets, they keep talking about the Rockets as the best team in the NBA, the best team in the NBA. They had 65 wins, extremely successful season. They're not the best team in the NBA. The best team in the NBA is the Golden State Warriors. They have more talent, and they've shown this playoffs that they have the chops offensively and defensively to beat anyone now the Rockets 
just made quick work of the Rubio-less Utah Jazz in Game 1 of the Western Conference semifinals on their side. And obviously the Rockets are playing very good basketball, but that team, the Utah Jazz team, definitely needs Rubio and the aggressiveness that he's been bringing in the playoffs, and he could be out for the entire series. So the Rockets caught a break, and we'll really see in the Western Conference Finals if both teams advance, you know, if my prognostications and my declarations are correct that the Warriors are the better team. They, they can go into Houston and win a game or two games in Houston before they even come back to the Bay Area. But that's looking pretty far ahead. Stephen Curry is going to be playing against the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday, and the Pelicans are going to have to game plan for him. Like, who's going to guard Steph first? Is it Drew Holiday? Is it Rajon Rondo? And then how are the Warriors going to work to spring Steph open and get him around screens, get him onto switches that he likes, all that jazz? It's going to be a game of game plans. And something tells me that the Pelicans are going to come out with a little bit more intensity, that there are not going to be no 24-2 to two runs in the second quarter, and that even with Steph, this game is going to be more difficult than the game on Saturday. Definitely the Pelicans were punched in the mouth by the Warriors defensively, offensively. They're going to come back. They're going to be ready. And so Steph coming back in this game I think is really important. I was talking with Miles the other day about like why bring Steph back <clears throat> because his, you know, his thought is that it doesn't make sense to bring Steph back until the Warriors lose a game. But I definitely think you got to put all your cards on the table when they're available. And Steph is available. Steph has been rehabbing. His timeline is right on time with the what the doctors and Steve Kerr told us initially, and he's back. He's not less than 100%. He is, we're assuming, you know, it, it, this, aside from not being in game shape, we're assuming that he is 100% in that knee and that the time off allowed his ankle to heal as well. He definitely said that his ankle was never going to be 100% for the rest of the season, but that was before he injured his knee and got some time to rest both the knee and the ankle. So I think this is actually kind of a godsend for the Warriors that Steph is had been out and is coming back because he got to rest that ankle in addition to resting the knee. Should be, this isn't going to be like 2016 where he came back, for a, that series against the Portland, the I'm back game. That was a great game, but he was never the same after returning. And it ultimately was one of the things that cost the Warriors the series against the Cavaliers back in 2016. And, you know, you, as, if you recall that defensive play that Kevin Love, Steph had a chance to win the game and was going up against Kevin Love, pulled a move, and it was definitely the matchup that he wanted, but he couldn't move the same way he normally moves, wasn't able to get up a good shot, and that was the series. And, you know, people rightly praised Kevin Love's defense in that instance, but healthy Steph gets up a good shot. Healthy Steph makes, at least has a chance to win that game. Now the question is, with Steph returning, do the Warriors start the death lineup? Do they start a lineup of Steph, Clay? Andre, KD, and Draymond. 
it worked pretty well with Nick Young in the starting lineup defensively, but Steph is a smaller guy, though still a better defender than Nick Young, plays the passing lanes extremely well, and takes his matchups extremely personally and seriously. And so it, it, it's entirely possible that we do see a death lineup because Draymond and KD have shown the ability to be able to handle Anthony Davis, though. Davis is going to get his numbers. I imagine he'll score more than 21 points, have more than 10 rebounds in this game, but the lineup of death is definitely something that we could expect to see starting in this game. That's about as much time as we have for today. Tune in tomorrow. I'll be previewing the game and going around the NBA. Stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.